This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What happens when a diverse church glorifies the global God? Keep listening to find out more about Sandra Maria Van Opstel's book, The Next Worship. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 1, through 1 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. Chapter 19, David's campaign against the Ammonites. Later King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son succeeded him. David said, I will express my loyalty to Hanun son of Nahash, for his father was loyal to me. So David sent messengers to express his sympathy over his father's death. When David's servants entered Ammonite territory to visit Hanan and express the king's sympathy, the Ammonite official said to Hanan, Do you really think David is trying to honor your father by sending these messengers to express his sympathy? No, his servants have come to you so they can get information and spy out the land. So Hanan seized David's servants and shaved their beards off. He cut off the lower part of their robes so that their buttocks were exposed and then sent them away. People came and told David what had happened to the men. So he sent messengers to meet them, for the men were thoroughly humiliated. The king said, stay in Jericho until your beards grow again. Then you may come back. When the Ammonites realized that David was disgusted with them, Hanan and the Ammonites sent 1,000 talents of silver to hire chariots and charioteers from Aram, Naharam, Aram, Mecca, and Zobah. They hired 32,000 chariots along with the king of Mecca and his army, who came and camped in front of Mediba. The Ammonites also assembled from their cities and marched out to do battle. When David heard the news, he sent Joab and the entire army to meet them. The Ammonites marched out and were deployed for battle at the entrance to the city, while the kings who had come were by themselves in the field. When Joab saw that the battle would be fought on two fronts, he chose some of Israel's best men and deployed them against the Arameans. He put his brother Abishah in charge of the rest of the army, and they were deployed against the Ammonites. Joab said, 
If the Arameans start to overpower me, you come to my rescue. If the Ammonites start to overpower you, I will come to your rescue. Be strong. Let's fight bravely for the sake of our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what he decides is best. So Joab and his men marched towards the Arameans to do battle, and they fled before him. When the Ammonites saw the Arameans flee, they fled before Joab's brother Abishai and withdrew into the city. Joab went back to Jerusalem. When the Arameans realized they had been defeated by Israel, they sent for reinforcements from beyond the Euphrates River, led by Shaphak, the commanding general of Hadazar's army. When David was informed, he gathered all Israel, crossed the Jordan River, and marched against them. David deployed his army against the Arameans for battle, and they fought against him. The Arameans fled before Israel. David killed 7,000 Aramean charioteers and 40,000 infantrymen. He also killed Shaphak, the commanding general. When Hadadazir's subjects saw they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became his subjects. The Arameans were no longer willing to help the Ammonites. Chapter 20 In the spring, at the time when kings normally conduct wars, Joab led the army into battle and devastated the land of the Ammonites. He went and besieged Rebath, while David stayed in Jerusalem. Joab defeated Rebath and tore it down. 2 Samuel chapter 11 In the spring of the year, at the time when kings normally conduct wars, David sent out Joab with his officers and the entire Israelite army. They defeated the Ammonites and besieged Rabath. But David stayed behind in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Now this woman was very attractive. So David sent someone to inquire about the woman. The messenger said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent some messengers to get her. She came to him, and he went to bed with her. Now at that time, she was in the process of purifying herself from her menstrual uncleanness. Then she returned to her home. The woman conceived and then sent word to David, saying, I'm pregnant. So David sent a message to Joab that said, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked about how Joab and the army were doing and how the campaign was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your home and relax. When Uriah left the palace, the king sent a gift to him. But Uriah stayed at the door of the palace with all the servants of his lord. He did not go down to his house. So they informed David, Uriah has not gone down to his house. So David said to Uriah, Haven't you just arrived from a journey? Why haven't you gone down to your house? Uriah replied to David, The ark and Israel and Judah reside in temporary shelters, and my lord Joab and my lord's soldiers are camping in the open field. Should I go to my house to eat and drink and go to bed with my wife? As surely as you are alive, I will not do this thing. So David said to Uriah, Stay here another day. Tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem, both that day and the following one. Then David summoned him. He ate and drank with him and got him drunk. But in the evening he went out to sleep on his bed with the servants of his Lord. He did not go down to his own house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In the letter he wrote, Station Uriah at the front in the thick of the battle and then withdraw from him so he will be cut down and killed. So as Joab kept watch on the city, 
he stationed Uriah at the place where he knew the best enemy soldiers were. When the men of the city came and fought with Joab, some of David's soldiers fell in battle. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent a full battle report to David. He instructed the messenger as follows. When you finish giving the battle report to the king, if the king becomes angry and asks you, why did you go so close to the city to fight? Didn't you realize they would shoot from the wall? Who struck down Abimelech, the son of Jerubbesheth? Didn't a woman throw an upper millstone down on him from the wall so that he died in the bez? Why did you go so close to the wall? Just say to him, your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. So the messenger departed. When he arrived, he informed David of all the news that Joab had sent with him. The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us and attacked us in the field, but we forced them to retreat all the way to the door of the city gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's soldiers died. Your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. David said to the messenger, Tell Joab, don't let this thing upset you. There is no way to anticipate whom the sword will cut down. Press the battle against the city and conquer it. Encourage him with these words. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband Uriah was dead, she mourned for him. When the time of mourning passed, David had her brought to his palace. She became his wife, and she bore him a son. But what David had done upset the Lord. New Testament reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 through 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Some have become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord is willing. And I will find out not only the talk of these arrogant people, but also their power. For the kingdom of God is demonstrated not in idle talk, but with power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Chapter 5. Church Discipline it is actually reported that sexual immorality exists among you, the kind of immorality that is not permitted even among the Gentiles, so that someone is cohabiting with his father's wife, and you are proud. Shouldn't you have been deeply sorrowful instead and remove the one who did this from among you? For even though I am absent physically, I am present in spirit, and I have already judged the one who did this, just as though I were present. When you gather together in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit, along with the power of our Lord Jesus. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast affects the whole batch of dough? Clean out the old yeast, so that you may be a new batch of dough. You are, in fact, without yeast. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So then, let us celebrate the festival, not with the old yeast, the yeast of vice and evil, but with the bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. In no way did I mean the immoral people of this world or the greedy and swindlers and idolaters, since you would then have to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who calls himself a Christian who is sexually immoral, or greedy, or an idolater, or verbally abusive, or a drunkard, or a swindler. Do not even eat with such a person. 
For what do I have to do with judging those outside? Are you not to judge those inside? But God will judge those outside. Remove the evil person from among you. Chapter 6. Lawsuits When any of you has a legal dispute with another, does he dare go to court before the unrighteous, rather than before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you not competent to settle trivial suits? Do you not know that we will judge angels? Why not ordinary matters? So if you have ordinary lawsuits, do you appoint as judges those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Is there no one among you wise enough to settle disputes between fellow Christians? Instead, does a Christian sue a Christian and do this before unbelievers? The fact that you have lawsuits among yourselves demonstrates that you have already been defeated. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? But you yourselves wrong and cheat, and you do this to your brothers and sisters. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. The sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, passive homosexual partners, practicing homosexuals, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, the verbally abusive, and swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you once lived this way, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Flee sexual immorality. All things are lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be controlled by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food, but God will do away with both. The body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Now God indeed raised the Lord, and he will raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that anyone who is united with a prostitute is one body with her? For it is said, the two will become one flesh, but the one united with the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Holy, holy, holy God. We thank you for your word today, a word that, that sobers us, that causes us to to, to emotionally sit up, to, to pay attention, O oh Lord. God, we are deeply saddened by the ways in which David misused his power, by all the different ways that he manipulated, that he lied over and over and over again to cover up his wicked sin, O oh God. His wicked sin against Bathsheba, a woman who did not have social power. His wicked sin against her husband, who had tried his very best to honor his role as a soldier, 
but most of all, a sin against you, the thrice holy God. And Lord God, every time we decide that our lust and our desires and our wants are more important than your law, your word, your command, and your holiness, we find ourselves in the same place as David over and over again. Merciful God, we pray today that we would not be controlled by our lusts and desires, but instead we would be fiercely set on pleasing you, that these bodies, they don't belong to us, they belong to you, that we are indeed your people, and if you are to be our God, you get to tell us how to live. You get to tell us how to govern our bodies, O Lord, if you are indeed our God. And so we pray, O God, today that you would forgive us for our behaviors in the past and in the present, O God, that do not line up with obedience to your will for our bodies, O God. We are reminded today that there is enough grace to confess and to tell the truth and the wicked web of lies that we create, how, how deep and how wide it can go and grow and, and how death is at the end of those lies, O God, when we don't simply confess when we don't tell the truth, O oh God. So I pray right now that you would grant to us the faith and the courage to love you enough to tell you the truth, O oh God, about our sin. Instead of spinning ourselves into these wicked webs of lies, lies that cost us and lies that cost our neighbors, O oh God, set us free from self-delusion. And I pray, O oh God, that you would correct us for the ways in which we use our social power to act upon the desires that are not from you, the ways in which we use social power to ignore preaching scripture and texts, O oh God, that don't line up with what we want to do with our bodies, the ways in which we use our social power to, to create laws or to ignore the enforcement of laws that don't line up with our lust and the ways in which we want to govern our bodies. God, help us to be submissive to you, for you are God. You are our creator. And Lord, we struggle and we stumble and we fall short. And so we need you, O oh God, to pour out your spirit, to remind us of the sanctifying power of your spirit, to remind us that we need not live in shame, that we have been set free from shame, that we have been set free because shame has indeed been nailed along with our sin, to the cross. We thank you, O Lord, that you indeed paid it all and that we can tell the truth. And we pray, O God, for a world where there is very real justice, that justice can break into right here and right now, where there are those whose bodies who have been harmed and misused, O God, used by someone's power to dominate them, O God. We pray that justice would be done. We pray that specifically in the household of faith, that when that takes place, when people who claim to be your people misuse their power, we pray that justice would come clearly and swiftly as a witness to the thrice holy God. Clean up our house, O God. Clean up our hearts, O God. And let us govern these bodies in submission to your word and to your will, O Lord. And these are things that we cannot do in our own strength. We cannot uh, pull ourselves up by our moral bootstraps, O oh Lord. And so we entrust ourselves to you. We fall into your arms, saying, O oh God, carry us, carry us 
lead us through. Take these bodies, O Lord, as living sacrifices, for you are worthy of our obedience. O God, but we need the power of the Spirit at work to walk in the way that you would have us to walk, to live in the way that you would have us to live, to not dehumanize or to subjugate or to objectify our neighbors, O God. Help us to see each other rightly. Help us to have a a deep fear, O God, of dominating, of misusing, of of objectifying other people, O God. Help us to fear you. Help us to love you, O God, through obedience, O God. Help us to be more like Jesus. And forgive us, O God, for where we have sinned against our neighbors, against our own bodies, and sinned against you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, O Lord. Bring your justice to this world and bring your justice to your church. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. Innovative worship leader Sandra Maria Van Opstel is known for crafting worship that embodies the global, multi-ethnic body of Christ. In her book, The Next Worship, Van Opstel likens diverse worship to a sumptuous banquet and shows how worship leaders can set the table and welcome worshipers from every tribe and tongue. She provides biblical foundations for multi-ethnic worship with practical tools and resources for planning services that reflect God's invitation for all peoples to praise Him. When multi-ethnic worship is done well, the church models reconciliation and prophetic justice, heralding God's good news for the world. Get your copy today at ivypress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code The Word. That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Something to say